0: Oh, yeah. There it is. All right. Good morning, everybody. If you want to find your seats. Now, I'm probably too loud. I can't help it. I don't know what's going on. Um, If you want to find your seats, so good to be here this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, uh, I hate to be the one to shut down all the fun, but eventually we got to get back to business. Um, I do believe that um, fellowship is a great way for us to worship. So, we're, we're not even taking a pause from worship. But we're gonna, announcements, I think, are worship too. That's what I'm just going to put because I got to always do them. So, um, I'll, I'll continue to worship through how I share announcements with you guys this morning. Um, first of all, in your pews in front of you, every single week they're still there unless your pew has run out because you've used them so much uh, are the connection cards, an opportunity for you to just say connected with us, give us your information so that we can send you updates, events that are coming up, just stay in contact with you. Um, along those lines, we are doing the, um, <clears throat> the directory right now, so if you ha- have some updated information or, or you haven't talked to Stacy or filled out uh, a sheet on that and you're a regular attender or a member, uh, see Stacy today, and so we can get you in that directory because um, we are printing those very soon. So make sure that uh, you talk to her just to make sure that all your information is correct in there. But those connection cards, opportunity for you to stay connected. But on the back side, a great opportunity for you to share any prayer requests, praises, um, anything that God has been teaching you or sharing with you, either today or this week or anything. Uh, some things that are coming up that maybe uh, are on your mind. We'd love to hear uh, about those things and pray with you on those things. We love to celebrate. Uh, and and pray with you on those things. So please use those connection cards. If you do fill them out, you can put them in the offering plate when that comes by. It's a good way of acting like you're putting money in if you're not. Uh, But you can put that in there on the offering plate or we do have a connection card box on the Welcome Center straight back uh, out the doors here. Uh, I just want to run through a couple announcements, some things that are coming up, some things that you can be a part of, some things that you can participate in as well. Um, First of all, Wednesday nights, Pastor Rick's continuing uh, these questions uh, that need to be answered, and he's going to be talking about angels this week, that's what I have here. Sure. Yeah. Um, So that's going to be Wednesday night, 6.30. Uh, Adults meet in here. We got a men's group. We got uh, ladies sometimes meet on Wednesday nights. We have children in the Family Life Center and teens in the youth room. So something for the whole family. If you're available 6.30 on Wednesday nights, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Um, Mackenzie's mission is wrapping up. This is the last week of January. This is kind of our last week before we take uh, those donations to Oaks of Righteousness. So if you have those coats and hats and gloves that you've been stockpiling because you keep forgetting to bring them in, uh, make sure you bring them in uh, either later today or this week sometime. Talk to Stacy about setting up a time to make sure that we are here when you can bring those in so that we can uh, deliver those. We're really excited. The box is full, but uh, you know who says that it can't be overflowing? So we'd love to do that. So if you have those coats and stuff and you want to do that, make sure you bring those in uh, sometime this week. Um, Super Sunday Fellowship, we haven't been talking about it too much, uh, but the, uh, the Super Bowl's coming up. Uh, And if you didn't know that, then this is the perfect event for you. Uh, We will have the game on, but we have plenty of other things going on, people talking, hanging out, playing games. Uh, We're probably going to set up a couple cornhole boards. We're probably just going to hang out in the Family Life Center while the game's going on. So if you're not a big football person, uh, but you want to do something while everybody else is watching the game, uh, we'd love to have you be a part of our Super Bowl fellowship uh, on 6 p.m. Usually we wrap up. Uh, We have it going on if you want to stay, but usually around halftime we find our way homes uh, to the comfort of our own homes, but uh, we do like to spend that first part of the game just kind of fellowshipping together. So if you're, you're available and you're not too, I mean, if you're a serious fan, you might want to stay away. I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe, maybe you can give us half your game. I don't know. That's up to you. I don't know how you are. So uh, make sure you mark that down. That's coming up uh, next week, I believe. So uh, February 9th, Indiana Wesleyan uh, Wind Ensemble as well. Uh, we have had the we had the corral recently, which is awesome. We've had the wind ensemble almost every year, um, uh, very often anyway, and they do a great job. Uh, and that's going to be Sunday morning uh, for worship. So you don't even have to mark your calendar because you're already planning to be here. Um, but make sure to invite your friends if you have some people who are more musically inclined, who love to listen to really good uh, music. Especially uh, wind ensemble music, stuff like that. Make sure to invite them for that morning uh, eh, on the ninth. So, a couple other things uh, I did—I failed to mention it last week. But if you go straight out, we've moved the table because it doesn't matter. Uh, But straight out in front of me, kind of right next to the welcome center, is a a big board with some animals. colored, uh, it kind of looks like they were colored by preschoolers, because they were, uh, and what they, uh, basically they heard about the, the preschool class, uh, the older kids, right, is that correct, um, they heard about the fires in Australia, and they wanted to do something, they wanted to fly there, that's what I heard, uh, and uh, Vicky did her best to talk them off that ledge, um, but they decided that they wanted to do a fundraiser uh, for uh, the animals in Africa, or in, uh, in Australia, I can talk today, so... <laughs> Maybe Africa too, uh, but, um, so if you go back there, you can just put a little, uh, any extra change or anything like that, um, just to kind of uh, participate in that. It was the kids' idea, we're really excited uh, that they had that idea, and we just wanna support them in that way. So if you see that, you can vote on which paint, or which coloring's the best, or just put a little in each, or you can put the money in the one that you feel like doesn't have the most, whatever. You can do whatever you want. It's all going in the same place, but that's really exciting, so make sure you stop there as well. Uh, Gloria's got one more announcement for us, uh, and then we will continue to worship together. Oh, she's going to need a mic. Which one do you want to do? This one? Oh, I don't know if that one's even ready. Here, let's do this one. This one's probably safe. <laughs> it's a trick mic. Careful. Okay.
1: Okay. Christmas has just passed, but if you're like me, you love Christmas all year long. And the one, I still have a tree up. It's in my sunroom. We call it the nature tree. It's got birds on it. I don't know how long we'll keep it. But you know, we do Christmas shoe boxes every year. And I kind of thought about why, how can we make do more, fill more? So I thought, why not collect stuff all year long? So that's what we're going to try to do. Every month, you will have a different um, group of things to from this um, February we're going to do personal care items so that would be combs, hairbrush toothpaste I mean toothbrush no toothpaste uh, a washcloth a bar of soap um, let me see sunglasses or something like that pretty much all of that is for any age group from two years old to 14 um, the older kids, uh, this is probably for the boys over there, stick to deodorant. I don't think the girls would smell bad, but the boys will. <laughs> uh, a compact mirror for the girls, uh, nail clippers in a file, and things like that. We'll put a little uh, thing in our, where's Stacy? Well, Stacy. Stacy's gonna fill out something, March we'll do something else uh, whatever comes after March, April, May, June. And so we hope to do, my goal is a hundred boxes. I don't think that's too much. So I'll, every, every month we'll have a container out there and just when you're grocery shopping, in the dollar store, anywhere, pick up some items, put them in the box, we have someone that's gonna store them for us. So when we pack next year, we're just gonna to have tons of stuff.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Gloria. That's a great opportunity, as she said. Um, so just be watching each month. It'll be a different category of things to bring in. Uh, if you need that list, you can probably talk to Gloria and we'll have it posted as well. Um, if you wanna, that way we can spread those things out. And like she said, we'd love to, I mean, 100. Psh, easy. No problem. So we're really looking forward to uh, just uh, diving deep into that ministry and that opportunity. So if you have it uh, time this month and you see some of those things, please bring them in. I think that's all I have for announcements. I'm going to pass it over to my father, who's going to continue to lead us in worship this morning. I'm going to give Pastor Rick a second, but kids are going to be dismissed for junior church uh, with Pastor Rick today. They get, the, they get the big man and you get the little man. Uh, I got to move all these things. Yes? Oh, he's, no, he's not clapping for... Okay, I was excited for a second there. Thought I had a fan. That's okay. I've been my first one. Um, so good to be here this morning and and be able to share with you. Um, this year, we've been talking about, uh, we, we're just getting started, so it's, it, we're just brushing the surface of this idea, uh, but going through the doors uh, that lead into God's presence. And, and I kind of shared a couple weeks ago uh, that this year uh, is our opportunity, each and every Sunday, actually each and every day, but specifically these Sundays, uh, we are focused on experiencing His presence. And this, and this month, we've been focusing on the idea of the door of belief, that you need to believe. Uh, who he is in order to experience his presence. You're not going to experience his presence if you don't believe who he is. And so uh, that's what we're starting with. And today with this focus on life, we really need to believe and understand what God's view of life is so that we can enter into his presence, so we can get to know him, so we can come close to him as well. So I want to share with you a few things. Uh, I'm going to try and go quickly today. We'll see. Uh, I always talk quickly, but sometimes I have a lot to say, so it doesn't always... Uh, end up going quickly. But um, probably to no one's surprise, I, uh, being a a young person, and since I was very young, I've enjoyed video games. we have any video game people in here? I'm, t- I'm talking about some classics, too. I mean, not just the new stuff. I'm not just into Fortnite. Um, I got some other things, you know. I was around for Mario. We got some Mario people. In the- I-, I think I played Pong once or twice. This is real life. Um, Uh, Tetris. I tried. I'm not very good. Um, I'm not very organized, so that's probably the problem. Uh, But I grew up um, playing video games. I was usually very bad at them, Uh, but I also spent a lot of time watching my dad and my brothers play these video games as well, and then eventually I was like, oh, I can comprehend how to use a controller, so I get to try, uh, usually once they were done, which felt like forever, uh, to wait. But as I got older, I started to play uh, on my own. I still enjoy uh, a video game or two. Don't ask Rachel, Uh, but... uh, I spend a little bit of time uh, still doing that. Uh, you, I, I say that it's just my... I just do it to stay connected with the teens, not at all uh, for fun or, or enjoyment. <laughs> In fact, many of us, I, it's not abnormal for someone my age, but even... Uh, I've heard many stories of people, some older people, uh, who, like, video games came along and they, they latched onto it and they're just... They played just as much or more than some of the uh, younger kids, which sounds uh, crazy. I won't list any names of my dad. Uh, so... Listen, I played. Uh, I played so many games growing up. I wouldn't even be able to begin to list them. Uh, but maybe some of them you'd be familiar with or not. Um, but like some of the names, you're like, okay, I've heard of it. Maybe I've never played it. Um, whatever. Um, but one thing that's common in many games, if you've played a few uh, video games, especially the the older kind, the, the the common thing that they would do is like you have three lives, right? It's kind of like baseball. You have three strikes. So it, it, it's similar to having three strikes in baseball. You get three mistakes and then you're done. You get to go until you make three mistakes now that's pretty nice right i got three i got three uh i got three lives so um some games after you lose your three lives you go back to the beginning of the level or you can like restart uh, the old arcade games you have to put in some more quarters um but some games you'd have to start all the way back at the beginning and i was like oh my gosh that is difficult so there's something about those three lives but but it's a little bit of a buffer buffer that's funny uh so, when you start playing, I'll start with Mario because I think uh, people know about Mario. He's a plumber, he jumps, he goes, woohoo, uh, all those good things. Uh, you get those three lives, and I remember starting for the first time, and I've actually heard a story recently of somebody playing video games for the first time, and they tried to play Mario. And, uh, and you walk into the first level, and you think, oh, they're going to they're gonna take it easy on me. And normally they would, but Mario, uh, especially, I forget which one it is, um, but the common thing that they have is that the one bad guy to start the level, if you just stand there, He'll walk over and he'll hit you, and you'll, and you'll lose a life. And, and, and the, not to like chat, it's supposed to be easy, uh, but if you don't pay attention. So, but you have three lives, so it's okay. So you start this game, and you're just trying things out, and oh, the first bad guy got you. But I'll learn from that. I still have two lives. I got, I got two lives. It's not a big deal. I've only lost one of my three lives. Well, I'm good. I have a cushion. And, and as the game goes on, you get to play a little bit more. You get a little bit better at the game. You get familiar with how to jump and how to run and how to avoid uh, running into to spikes and getting eaten by piranha plants or whatever else uh, happens uh, to come along. And, but, it, you know, and eventually you're bound to make another mistake. But it's okay. It's okay. I have three, well, two. I have two lives. It's okay. I have two lives. It's all right. Uh, I can still make uh, mistakes because I have, I have two lives. So you get up and you go, okay, I've made that mistake. I'm not going to fall into that pit for the fifth time or whatever, for the third time. I, I still have two lives, so I'm not going to make that mistake again. You dust yourself off. You, you look at your challenge right in the face and you say, I'm, I'm good to go. I can do this. And you get further along in the game and you start to be challenged more and more with unfamiliar challenges. And eventually the boss shoots a fireball at you or the, the game just beats you because it's mean. Um, and, and, and now you're down to one life. I had three lives, now I only have one. And something changes in the mentality when you're playing those games, and if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe I even thought about pinball. Someone's like, hey, you got 3 like, oh, no problem. First one, no problem. I lost my pinball. That's not a big deal. And the second one, okay. And then you're on the last one, like, oh, if I want a high score, if I want to win, this is my last chance. I only have one life left. There's something about that last life. It can have a couple of effects. Some people let the failures of the past, they start. They play very scared. Oh, okay, i got to be careful. It's my last life. And, and they play more cautiously or patiently. They, they watch what's happening and say, okay, how am I going to attack this problem? And, and they end up spending forever to do something very simple because they're afraid of losing that last life. They want to keep playing for as long as possible. They're holding on as tightly as they can. They take time to deliberate and plan out each move. But for others, there's this other mentality. And maybe you know some people like this. They say, this is my last chance. I want to push on. I want to make it as far as I can, so I'm going to run faster. I'm going to to try harder. I'm going to go faster. I'm going to jump higher. I'm just going to keep going as far as I can. I'm going to try to do everything. It may look risky. I'm just going to go for it, and hopefully it happens, because I want to just experience Everything the game has to offer. This is my last life. This is my one life. They want to go out in a blaze of glory. See, either way, the game changes when you only have one life. See, recent generations have adopted the mantra, you only live once. YOLO! No, okay, I don't know where just me? I, okay, whatever. But that was the call for a while. We heard it over and over—the battle cry of kids jumping off their roof into a swimming pool, of doing three backflips on the trampoline. The reason, the reasoning behind driving recklessly, taking, uh, going, and talking to your secret crush. Finally, attempting crazy stunts, eating whatever you want, YOLO—you only live once. This is how I want to live because I only live once. Now, the idea of, of YOLO oh, uh, often comes with the idea of taking risks, right? But the point remains, only having one life makes life incredibly valuable. Now, some people see it and say, I need to do crazier things, and some people see it and say, I need to take a step back. I only have one life. See, surprisingly, and a little more behind the scenes, you don't see these people uh, standing up and saying, hey, I'm you know, I'm going to school and working really hard, YOLO. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to make, uh, I'm trying to work uh, at my job a little bit more because I want to make money to support my family, YOLO. I want to I move as far ahead in my company as I can because you only live once. But truly, those are probably the things that they're thinking. This is my one life. What can I do to be the most successful? How can I leave the most lasting legacy Some of the people who are the most generous, who care the most for others, who are trying to do the most good are just saying, hey, I only live once. See, it can take you in two very different directions. There's two sides of the YOLO coin, the the you only live once coin. But see, we can all agree that having just one life causes people to act a certain way. Each person may be a little bit different, but they act a certain way because they only have this one life. Now, see, the Bible actually tells us a very similar viewpoint. And I think uh, I'm actually a little late to the train. Many pastors were like, YOLO, this is easy. I'll preach about that. I'll wait 10 years until it's not cool anymore, and then I'll talk about it. Um, And that's what you guys get. So, See, the Bible talks very similarly uh, that life has value that there's something value about our one life because that's all that we have. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. See, this verse is is powerful because it doesn't just say, hey, be smart out there. But in fact it says be smart out there and the only way to really do that is to understand what God's will is. Because if you're just going with your own understanding, you're going through this life and experiencing things at the same rate that other people are. But God has this knowledge and this wisdom that he wants to share with you and direct you so that something more can come from your life. He's wise counsel that you can't reach even amongst those around you, those people who maybe have lived a few more years than you might not have or definitely don't have the same counsel that God can give to you. So if you figure out and find what His will is, you can live this wise life. I I only quoted it because it's not there, not because it's sarcastic, actually wise. Um, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. If that's not YOLO, I don't know what is. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You only live once. Don't waste it. God, Ephesians tells us this, the Bible tells us this over and over, the value of your life that you should take very much, take care of what you do and what you've been given. John 10.10 10 is one of my favorite verses. I've, I've spoke on it. I don't know if I spoke on it here a few times. Probably have. It, it slips into every message probably. Um, but it says this, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come to give you life. He says, listen, these, these evil things, these things like killing and stealing and destroying, those are evil, but I've come for life. See, Jesus himself puts, him, puts himself in that category of life giver. He values life, and so he gives us Life, he gave us life when it came to creation and he continues to value that life that he gave us. Acts 17, 25, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. He's given us life. The life that you're living now was given to you. God himself said this life is going to be worth living for each of these people. I'm going to create for them a world that they can live this life in. There's value in your one life. There's value in your years, your minutes, your days. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us that God does not desire that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to find death after this life and that be the end of the story. That is not his desire by any means, but that all would come to repentance and therefore experience life the way it should be lived. See, God is the key factor. He's the reason we have life. He created life, something that we struggle today. We're working on artificial intelligence and giving things this kind of pseudo-life, but we've never been able to create life the way that it is inside of each of us, other than through reproduction of that life that's been given to us. God has given us life. If life wasn't valuable, he wouldn't have given it to us. You don't need life. It's unimportant. But there's something valuable in life, and so he gave it to each of us. Life is something God values, not just on his own, not just his own life, because it's really easy for us, I think, to think, yeah, yeah, I value my life. That's why I obey the speed limit. That's why I don't, you know, play in traffic. That's why I don't touch, you know, whatever. I don't do these crazy things because I value my life. But, but God doesn't just value his own life or life in general, but specifically our lives. Each of our lives, he has value in each of those, in each of us. He created us with the idea of a life being valuable. Many throw their lives away, wasting, waiting, wishing their life was something different. But God says, no, there's value in this life. Don't wait for something else. Don't wish for something else. Your life has value. Your life has meaning and purpose. God has given each of us life for a reason and a purpose. He sees value in the short lives that are taken too soon. He sees value in the long, unassuming lives of those who have gone before us. And he sees value in your life. The potential that you have to not just exist, but to participate in a greater purpose and a greater goal. The potential you have to serve him, to worship him, to love him, and in turn serve others and love others. See, God sees that value, that potential. Oftentimes we look at ourselves or look at those around us and say, man, they're not, I'm not much. They're not much. But God says, what can you be? You may not be much now, but what could you be? with God working in and through you. See, the value of life comes with the potential and the possible, even if it doesn't seem probable. See, God sees those things that we see as maybe even impossible, and He says, that's easy for me. And God sees that in your life, the interaction that you can have with somebody, the love that you can show to somebody, the the things, the gifts that you could give to somebody or use for someone. God sees that, and he values that, and each person has that value and potential, and God values life. See, God values life so much that he added to it. See, he gave us life, and that probably would have been enough to be a God who created life. Like, that's pretty impressive. I can't do that. (laughs) We can't do that. But God says, I created life with a purpose for you, and and so much so that I value it that I'm going to double down On your life. I'm going to double down on the life of these people that I've created. That I don't just want them to live this life on earth and think that that is it. That that there's something more. That just the hours and the days and the years that they live, that it wouldn't just be about that. That it would be about something greater. Be about something beyond that. God doubled down his bet on, you Now I'm not a betting man, but I hope you understand that reference, that he doubled down. He said, you know what, life is good, but let me double it. Let me make it better. Let me make it more. Let Let me add some weight to your life. Because it's really easy in this life to think, I don't matter. And God says, no, you matter so much. Let me show you. He valued life so much that he invested in giving us more. You may be familiar with this passage from John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Not that just their heart would beat, or that their brain would function, but they would have something more, this eternal life that lasts beyond the struggles and the pain and the sorrows of this world. He said, you know what, I want to give you life, but not just life for a time, but life for eternity. That's how much I value life and how much I value your life as well. We know that Christ came here on earth with that purpose in mind, with that mission in mind, to give his life so that you, so that we could have life, not just today, tomorrow, but for eternity. See, God values life so much that he gave of himself to give it to us even more. In fact, John 10.10, which I kind of stopped short on purpose, doesn't just say that he came to give us life, but he came to give it to us more abundantly. We focused on that last year with the idea of thrive, and and I think it's so important that we realize that, that that what God's purpose and value of life is not just the heartbeat, is not just the brainwaves, but it's actually the function and the, the actions that we take in this life, that we have an abundant life for us. that the things that we can accomplish are greater than the sum of our parts. See, God values life so much that he gave his son as a sacrifice to give you just a chance to have it eternally. He says, life is so valuable, I want to give it to you for eternity. I want you to have an option, an opportunity to live eternally forever with me. Because the truth of the matter is, even as Jesus was on the cross, he looked across a crowd of people that may never believe in who He was, that would never come to a saving relationship with him, that would never say, "Yes, He is my Lord and Savior. God is real." And that's why. And, and he looked at those people and still put himself on that cross. God full knew full well that even today, people would look at His word and say, "It's just an old book. That they would hear a sermon and say, it's just a guy speaking. But God knew that some, that even if it's just a few, would say, yes, that's who I believe. And that they would have life eternally. He placed that payment for all of us because he values life. What if I told you that living your life to the fullest, but not living it with Jesus as your personal Savior is still wasting it. There's so many people who say, I want to get the most out of life, but they flee from what God has for them. They say, I want to, I want to, I, I mean, YOLO, I got to go do all these things. I can't sit for a moment in a church. I can't sing a song or do good for others. It's about my life. If only we put into perspective how small and short our lives are in comparison to eternity, in comparison to what God actually has for us because we'd only be getting the precursor and not the full thing. We're missing out on the rest. What use is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? To miss out on eternity. To live a full life here on earth but to miss out on even a moment in heaven. King Solomon in the Old Testament found the same thing in his seemingly lifelong journey of discovering the purpose of life. He found work to be meaningless. He found relationships and and, 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 and women to be meaningless. He found great projects to be meaningless. He found money to be meaningless. He found all these things to be meaningless and all he came to find out over searching and looking and finding throughout his whole life. That those things may be good in their own right and that we should experience life uh, to the fullest while we're here, but all of it is worthless if we don't believe if we don't follow, if we don't trust, if we don't rely on God to give us purpose, peace and power, meaningless. See, there is value to every life, but there is even more value in a life that is eternal. There's even more value in a life that lasts forever. We all know that. If I had a, it, it, It's obvious, but so many of us focus solely on this life that we have here and miss out on the life that is to come. We live this life, we we adopt this YOLO mentality, however that looks in your life, and forget that God has something more for us if we just choose him because he values life. You could spend all your time and energy saving lives temporarily, but only God has the ability and the power to save a life eternally. We talk about the sanctity of life on this Sunday pretty much every year. But I want you to know the sanctity of life goes far beyond the structures and understanding of this physical world. We value the things and the things that we can do on this world and the things that ministries like the Pregnancy Center do in this world, but we also value and place a very high value on the opportunity of eternal life for each and every person that we meet. There's value beyond that. the holiness of life. If you look up sanctity, which I did many times to make sure I got the definition uh, because I was like, sanctity? I think I know what that means, but I better look it up. Uh, but it says this, it's holiness, sacredness of life. The, holy, the sanctity of life means the holiness or the sacredness of life. The way I say it is the set apartness. Holiness means to be set apart. It says that, that life is supposed to be special that life is supposed to be set apart and it's supposed to have this meaning. It's supposed to be sacred. We see in the Old Testament over and over there's all these articles of the temple that were sacred, that shouldn't be used for anything else. And that's what God says about life, that it's sacred, that it shouldn't, shouldn't be used for anything but to glorify Him, but to serve Him, to show love and grace and mercy in this world. That's the purpose of life. But it doesn't end when we close our eyes for the last time. Life is still holy and sacred even after we pass on. That in Christ there is more beyond the current condition of our world, beyond the situations that you yourself find yourself in. There's more than that. There's something beyond that. And if we simply dwell in this world and value just the life that we have in this world, it's easy to flip-flop back and forth. Maybe it's not as important as I thought. But when you add on that value that God has added through his death on the cross, through Jesus' death on the cross and his blood that covers our sins, when you add that value on, you say, this matters. Each and every life matters. Each and every soul matters. Each person that I cross on the street matters. Who I bump into at the supermarket, or who bumps into me at the supermarket, uh, that person matters. You matter. You matter to God. You matter to the, the mission of Christ on this earth. Maybe it's one conversation that you can have with somebody that nobody else can reach. Maybe it's a thousand messages that you could give or a song that you can sing. God has value in your life. Maybe it's the actions that you will take in, the, in front of the crowd of this world. There's value to your life. You matter to the purpose of God. Beyond the hurt and the pain and the confusion of this life, there is another life. Eternal life now you have uh the notes in the bulletin they're very similar i hopefully i, I covered those things but i want to go over them one more time just to make sure in case you are just waking up because um, i wasn't yelling loud enough that's okay um but i want to cover just three things really quickly just to kind of wrap up today and give you guys just uh, just to if you want to take three things home with you i work with teenagers i'm like i can't give them too much uh, so i'm like here's three things write these down they're like i didn't hear anything else you said but you said one two three so i did those But I want to share those with you today. First thing is this, life is valuable. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget it about yourself. Don't forget it about the other people around you. Don't forget it about uh, babies. Don't forget it about older people. Don't forget it about anyone. Remember that life is valuable. Remember that life is valuable whether they're using it for God's purposes or not because of the potential of if they were. God has placed much value on our lives. We put value on our life already, but God has placed even more value on it. Don't think for a second that your life is insignificant or pointless. Life is valuable. I want you to remember that. The second thing is this, that God has doubled down on you. God has placed a, I'm not not saying that God's a betting man, but he's placed a bet on you that he's willing to risk and give and sacrifice for you. So that you have a chance, that you have a choice to make, to accept him, to live for him and have eternal life. The only only way to truly value your life is to extend it by accepting him as Savior and living for him. Jesus himself describes it as being born again, starting fresh, a new outlook, a new purpose, new power, new love, new peace. You must restart on a new path one that does not end when your physical life ends. Don't miss your chance to accept him and to accept his gift of eternal life. This is your moment. This is your time. I don't know how many days I have. I don't know how many days you have, but I know I have this moment. Will I live for him? Will I accept him? Will I, will I accept his gift to extend my life into eternity? The final thing is this. Don't just value your own life. See, YOLO, when it was you know, running rampant, every kid was yelling it, every, you know, every YouTube star was, was you know, oh my gosh, YOLO, uh, uh, I'm eating a burger, YOLO, whatever. It tends to be this selfish mentality, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to do what I want to do. I want to I do what makes me feel good. But the truth of the matter is that what God has done for us is available to all. And that your understanding and coming to an understanding of, of what he's done for us and accepting him as your savior is a great start. But why not share it? Why not share that gift with everyone you meet? If we value life as God does, we will not only work, look to save physical lives, but also the spiritual lives by any means necessary. We're really good at coming up with excuses. Well, I don't know if I have the right words. I don't know if I'm the right person to talk to them. I don't know if I really should. It seems like it's a little intrusive. If someone was choking, you would attempt if you're the only one there. If you see someone who doesn't have that eternal life, who doesn't know Jesus, will you step in? Will you give them a word? Will you share your testimony? Will you witness? Will you point them in the right direction? YOLO. We don't have the power to save souls all we can do is point to the one who has that power christ alone can save share your story of faith invite people to church preach to those who will never hear a preacher share the word with those who may never open it up themselves we must fight for the eternal life of those who don't even know it's available so you're valuable to god your life matters to him A place in heaven has been reserved for all those who believe and trust him. But there are so many who don't know. Maybe in your own family, maybe in your neighborhoods, in your schools, in your places of work. People who haven't heard, how can they hear if no one speaks up? How can they see if no one lives it out? And maybe you're on the fence. It's really easy to come up with reasons and excuses. I'm not really sure how I should proceed, how I should participate or if I'm going to really buy into this, just remember, you only live once. This is your chance. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you that we could focus on life today, something that you've given each of us in this room. God, I just pray that we would be encouraged by the value that you place on life that we would remind ourselves daily of how you feel about life, not just the life of a few, but all life. God, and I just thank you that you've made heaven a possibility for us, that you've made it available to us, that the veil was torn and that we have an opportunity through Christ's blood to dwell with you eternally, something that we cannot reach on our own. God, and I just thank you that you have called us and as we come to that understanding that you have called us and you are urging us to go into that field that is ripe for the harvest, that we would go, even if it's just in small ways, in little ways, individuals, and share our stories, share the truth, share love. God, that more and more would hear about what you've done for us, your value for life, and that eternal life is for all. God, just be with us today as we take these things into the world, into our homes and into our workplaces, into our schools, into the supermarkets, into all these different places, God, that, that we would be bold because we only have this one life, that we would serve you happily and joyfully and confidently because you have this purpose for us. God, we just pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go this week. Amen. Have a great day.